ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in to another episode i'm your host steven g gaxiola and you are listening to the raider and the saint podcast again ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in to another episode this is episode 101 today's date is november the 21st the year is 2021 we are four days out until thanksgiving and i am back i'm back at the studio aka the dungeon aka the lab in beautiful downtown santa Ana historic district once again, I want to thank all you guys for tuning in. I couldn't have done it without you guys. It's always an honor to get in here and, and do a podcast. And we are 101 episodes strong in, and we are not stopping. The wheels are rowing. A uh, little bit of info. If you guys want to be a sponsor, advertise, be a guest on the show, you guys can hit me up at the Raider and the Saint at Outlook.com. That's the Raider and the Saint at Outlook.com. All letters. Couple shout outs. Shout out to Wimpy's Pawn Shop. If you guys are looking to buy, sell, or trade, you can hit them up at 750 West Foothill Boulevard in Azusa, California. Sorry, I'm a little tired today. Uh, 750 West Foothill Boulevard in Azusa, California. Also, if you're looking to buy, sell, refinance your home or looking for a home, I got my buddy Freddie Morales. He was on the podcast last week. He is a loan officer and now a brand new business owner. If you're looking to do any of those things, you can hit him up at freddie at grosscapital.com. That's Freddie at grosscapital.com. Want to thank my past guests, my good friends, Terry Diggs, who was a 396 union member and a shop steward. Also, my longtime friend. Thank you, sir, for coming on the show. It was an honor to have you here, even though you had a bug out real quick. But it's always an honor to get you in here on, on the podcast. Also, my boy, Freddie Morales, who I just mentioned, uh, mentioned recently. Uh, thank you, sir, for coming on the show, too, man. It was an honor to get both you guys in here. We've all known each other for 20 plus years. I would say, shit, no, probably longer than that. Since five years old, so I'm 40, so what is that, 35 years? Yeah, I've known those guys for a long time, so thank you guys for your support. So today I'm just going to get right into it. Today's going to be a little bit of union talk. Today's guest, is returning guest, is Phil Rivera, shop steward for Local 952 and package car delivery driver. He's got 25 plus years with the with the being a teamster and a company man my other guest today is a new guest her name is muikai burrows she's a package delivery driver a teamster and a for a photograph enthusiast photographer photographer that's a proper word photographer enthusiast so 
I got two people back here, one new guest, one returning guest. They both know each other. Well, we all know each other. So I wanted to get them in here. I haven't talked about union talk, especially with the recent election results that have just happened with the awe slate and the power slate. So I think it was a good time to get it, get them in here and give, give what's been going on because I've been out of the loop, everything that's happened with my family. So I'm glad they're here today. Phil, what's going on? Uh, good morning. Good morning. Moikai, uh, how you doing? Doing nice. Doing nice. Thanks for having me. So what's going on, guys? Tell a little bit about yourself, Moikai. Uh, not much to tell. Um, work at UPS. Love my job. I enjoy photography and traveling and, you know, much. Yeah. I'll, I'll expand a little bit on Moikai. Uh I think Mukai has been a, a huge addition to uh, Tustin Center in Anaheim. Uh, she did come from 396. Uh, she has been around uh, in the LA area as a driver, uh, I'm sure, but uh, she's definitely a pleasure to have at uh, Local 952 in Tustin Center. She really makes an effort to uh, reach out to a lot of our, our members, especially the younger members, and, and helping them through their transition uh, financially. Uh, Mukai, mm -hmm. I know Mukai talks a lot of financial talk and, and tries to get these guys on the right track uh, because, you know, they're going from a part-time position to a yeah. full-time position and uh, making really good money. So uh, she's all, you can always see her going around <laughs> and uh, shooting, the, shooting the word with, uh, hey, do the right thing, you know, get yourself set up. And uh, I hear it a lot. A lot of the guys come up to me. Uh, I was the mentor on the safety team. I am now uh, the safety co-chair. Um, Brian Watanabe has uh, uh, left us retired. Yes. Uh, I stepped into his position. And uh, we have Jeremy Milhoff who stepped off or stepped into my position as, as a safety mentor. Uh, but if, if that helps Mukai a little bit more, uh, she's, she has a lot of experience. Uh, Women's Caucus. Yeah. Uh, she's worked side by side with Ron Herrera. She knows him personally. Um, so I'll let you take it from here, Mukai. Um, I do talk to a lot of the guys about the financial. I talk to her because I always say I don't want to see anyone 60, 70, broken down, having to still have to work at UPS. Mm. You know? So I want to make sure that everyone or is at least aware of what the options are mm. because no one really talks about the financial. You get all this money and you're just like, oh, what do I do with it now? And then you just go blow it. Mm. So it's, there's so many things that this job is giving you the opportunity to do that I want to see everyone succeed at it, mm. not just, you know, at work, but in life. So, and then with the 396, it's, um, we started, I so, I was in local 396 for, ooh, I don't want to count how many years because that'll tell my age. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's when we started, when, when being in there, it, it took me maybe like six or seven years to honestly get to my first union meeting. And once I did, I, I never stopped. Um, and then from there, um, there was like four of us who started the, like four or five women's caucus and it just grew. and you understand the service that you do for your members that there's so much you can actually do and actually help. And 
it's a wonderful feeling. It's a really wonderful feeling. So when I came to 952, it was um, doing a whole lot. With Is there a women's caucus for... There, well, explain that. What's what's a women's caucus? Um, a women's caucus is basically like every every. It's just a group for women. Um, okay. The, within the union. Yeah, within the union. Okay. You know, like there's a like a, a black caucus, a Hispanic caucus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just a special group that says like, oh, you're, you know, this one thing. So we identify with that, and we bring it together. So in the women's caucus, we do we well. Um, right before I left, we started a scholarship fund, and that's something that goes throughout. And it's mm-hmm. a thing that all women's groups can do, but it's you want to always help your community. You mm-hmm. want to always help the Teamsters around you because sometimes it's just a quiet voice, and it's that one small voice that you don't know how much of an impact you can do. Mm-hmm. And it's not until you're in a group that someone says, yes, I'd like to help to do that, but I don't know how. So you meet you meet another woman and we're just you just go and you just help, and and there it's really nice because, especially under the leadership of Ron, you know he would say, oh I'd really like to go out and help this person. Do you think you know you guys would want to help help with that? And we would, and you would see the impact like with um, years ago when Garcetti was first running, you know we were phone banking, we were precinct walking. You know, and it's and he re, he remembers that, and I remember going to a rally, and Garcetti would just like come up to the tent and like, "Hey, Ron, hi, ladies." You know, and it's one of those things where you don't, you don't, you think it's something small that you're doing, but you know, it's it's a bigger picture, and it's a bigger picture within the Teamsters because then Garcetti is is seeing that, okay, the Teamsters are really out in here in the community, so when they ask me for something, I'm going to help out. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's one of the most beautiful things that I, I really like about being you know, a Teamster mm-hmm. is that you see the impact you have in the community. Man, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, a good idea. I mean, you know, one thing that, that I'm proud of as being a Teamster is the camaraderie we have when, when we do have our meetings and that, that certain, that certain, there's a certain number of people that are really involved. Yep. What concerns me, which I'm sure concerns you all is this recent election. Yep. We have 1.4 million teamsters and I think what 160,000 people voted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, actually 1.3 million teamsters, okay. 190,000 something, uh, sent in votes, which is a, extremely disappointing that's not even 20 percent yeah we didn't even hit the 20 percent mark the cool thing about it is uh, and i'm going to throw this out there right now because uh you know we we talk about you know ron herrera there's there's a diversity which which ron is a diverse individual with uh, different races uh he's he's huge with with everybody it's not just the uh attitude of la raza which is Kind of what we're dealing with right now at our local, uh, it is not just a Hispanic, uh, you know, leadership. You know, we have uh, a diverse union. We have mm-hmm. people from all races. Mm-hmm. And in uh, going to yesterday's meeting, uh, unfortunately, that was disappointing because that's exactly what it felt like. It felt like. Uh, this is just a Hispanic La Raza thing, and you hear that a lot. Uh, 
I don't like that attitude. I think it's a horrible attitude to have because we do have a diverse uh, union. So in, in my mind, that's how, how disrespectful. Was, how was it that they going for, you know, it's all about La Raza, which, which I've known for a while now, but they supported the people that just got elected are both, I think one's an Irishman yep. and yeah. both Irish descent. Right. So how does that make sense? Is it is it more gets more deeper with political? Yeah, and you know I'll scratch oh, yeah. it. I mean it, that's crazy. Oh yeah. I, I mean I like how you, you said we're, we go we, we create things and build scholarships and go out and help people, and then you got the ugly side of where people just want that title or they just want that yeah. that paycheck. I don't know. I'm, I'm still learning yeah. as I go deeper with. There so there's different events, different things, but um, I can tell you right now. Years ago, um, that there was, I can't, I'm trying to think of like where we exactly were, but um, what's his name? Um, Oz. Okay, to Oz Lake. Yeah, yeah, they were talking to Ron because we, we all know. Yeah. Like, like when you know the political, you know who's, who's starting to change and who's coming to move. And it's, they went to Ron and were like, oh, we should work together, work together. Ron said, you need to grow up because they didn't understand that it's not about just you and what you can do. It's what you can actually impact and where you can actually help. But that's where certain people get to a point of it's a title and it's a, I'm a name and I want, I want to do big moves, but you don't understand that you're like crushing someone below you. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why Ron has a status that he does. It's because he takes the small company and he's like, okay, we're going to help you. And it, and it's just like 10 people. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, okay, we're going to make it great. Um, you should have seen the effort years, years ago with 2010, um, local 2010, which is the, um, the college, the university uh, administration workers. And that effort was, it's, it's, it's how it starts, it's grassroots, that you just mm -hmm. see these people who are downtrodden and you're like, I can help you. Let's get together and we'll do this and we'll do this. And if you see how big that is now, but if you were back then and knew where they started, it's, it's what you have to do to build people up. And then they start to grow and all those people start to join and you start to get bigger and better and help more and more. But that's, that's my problem with the Oslate is that they're looking for the name and the big, you know, just, just the grandiose of it that you forget that there's, at the end of it, there's people, there's lives that you're actually gonna affect. So if you're not doing it properly, you're going to push these people down just to bring yourself up. And that's the thing that I really dislike about that for, for me. This is my personal opinion. So. Yeah. I have a question for you. The, the huge thing that the Oscillate used uh, through their, you know, campaigning was knocking down uh, the 224 uh, <laughs> driver. Um, m what I'm going to say is, you know, uh, I think the, the bigger picture, which, you know, listening to other uh, talk shows, uh, you know, where they, oh, you know, we just, we don't like the, the wording of the contract, you know, we, it's, it's, you know, we need to get rid of it. Well, 
in my eyes, and this is just what I think of, of this, and I think you and I have discussed this once yeah. before, uh, the implementation of, of the 224, in my opinion, was a good thing. Uh, no, do they get paid what we get paid to do the same thing? No. When I started, when we all started, we didn't get paid to do what a top senior driver gets paid. You you have to earn your way uh, to get there eventually to earn that pay. And the reason you don't get that pay is because you have the inexperience. You are not inexperienced. You are not a professional. You are still learning. Uh, I always say, or I was always told, you know, uh, when I first came in, I was a rookie. You're going to be a rookie for your first 15 years. Mm -hmm. After mm -hmm. 15 years or when you hit that left side of the page, which today a lot of people, I mean, with all the retiring, are starting to hit that left side of the page really quick. So I think that's where, you know, the 15-year mark is where you're actually, uh, uh, you know, an experienced driver, more professional driver, and you've earned your wage. Uh, with the 224, yeah, they're, they're starting with a lower wage, but at the same time, they've stepped into a full-time position. They've started their pension at a full-time pension. They are no longer a part-time pension. So they are contributing more money to the Teamsters Union yep. with that. But they don't talk about that. You know, they talk about transparency. You know, uh, this Hector Forte, I like to call him Hector Foreskin because mm -hmm. he's got a big mouth. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways... Uh, you know, he's he's uh, totally against. I mean, I had to hear this man talk about how bad 224 was. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what collective bargaining is. That's the one thing they don't talk about. Yeah. Is anything great, perfect the way we want it when we first get it? No. Our medical wasn't when we transferred from the company medical to the Teamsters. You know, it gradually got better. That's what we do here on the West. That's why we are so much better we have a better pension you know we have a lot better things over here than they do over there with o'brien yeah. uh you know so that's that's the one thing that they don't talk about you know they you want to talk about transparency well let's be transparent mm. you know let's talk about those things because they do have a guaranteed eight hour day yep. no do they have nine five no but we can work that in the next contract that's what mm. collective bargaining is to make things better eventually as we get along do i think o'brien may have used that as a tool politically to get into his position on the east and the south and the central states i do that's my own personal opinion i think he used that he he want, he's wanted to spin off this negative thing and uh, my curiosity is eventually now that he's in the position he's is he actually going to run with the 224 and then do the collective bargaining. He's going to keep it in there, yep. or is he really going to try to get rid of the whole 224 thing, which I think would be a horrible idea? The 224 to me is, are there things that could be better? Obviously, yes. The best thing that people don't understand is that most of these drivers are starting in their early 20s. Mm -hmm. Early 20s. Mm -hmm. Most, the rest of us, we were starting in late 20s, early 30s. So I, and we had to go, part-time, cover driver, all this other stuff. And these guys are starting under 25. Um, it's also 21 years old. Yeah. And in 396, yeah. check this out. 396, we got a 22-year-old, 20, started at 21, 224 driver. Mm -hmm. But because Ron Herrera 
went in and bargained with the company because we're in need of feeder drivers. This kid, 22 years old, one year safe driving, Mm -hmm. was able to achieve a a feeder position. Now, are you freaking kidding me? You know, Mm -hmm. most of us didn't start till, like she said, 30s. In my day, it was 30s and 40s. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, these guys, how do you go 22 years old into feeder? That's crazy. Right. That's crazy. That's wild, right? Mm-hmm. And and they step right into a full-time position. They're no longer 224. So this is where uh, O'Brien was just blowing smoke, in my opinion, yeah. blowing smoke up everybody's ass. This, you know, what the heck show mm-hmm. uh, with this freaking Hector Foreskin, you know, uh, love to call everybody names, Mickey Mouse and Viagra bullshit, you know, uh, you know, there, there, there's just there wasn't a complete transparency on that whole thing either. So, what about the 25 and out? Do you think that now that he's in, that he might just try to implement that uh, nationwide? And that then, is the worst. Well, thing. what would happen to me? I mean, if I got worst. 23 years and I started when I was 18 years old, I'd what have two more years and I'd have to bounce? Yeah, right. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck? You kidding me? Right. Yeah. That I'm I, still young. I'm still 40. I've always said um, that's the best part about being a being a, a union, a Teamster member, is that the fact that I get to choose. If I still want to work, I get to choose. No one is telling me, like, oh, you're too old to do this. You're, you're saying, my skill is still worth this. So I now, get to was choose. that there? Is that the, the OS guys that are the ones that have that implemented back east? Or was yeah. that was negotiated between them and the company? Yeah. Oh. And, and it's why their pension is so bad. Because if you've got people who get to 25 years and they're out, you're pulling from their pension. And if you're not pumping in enough young people who are going to stick around longer, your pension is going to get drained faster and faster. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are in the surplus over here because we're choosing it properly. There's mm-hmm. so many times where you'll see someone take your vacation, go, do this, make sure that you're okay so that you can still do this job when you're 60 if you if you choose. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a problem that I see that why I'll if anyone knows me that I talk about the financial because do it so that you're making this money, but make sure that you're still okay later because you're working for your today, but to make sure that your tomorrow is amazing. Mm -hmm. So and to be able to have that that choice like, hey, like me, I don't want to work until I'm 60. You know, I'm I want to work until I'm eligible to retire at 52, 53, and be able to walk. And will I be able to? I don't know. But at least I know when I get there, I'll have that option. Yep. You know, because now, I, now as I'm getting closer, you know, I got younger kids that want to go to college. I might have to work a few years to help pay off their college and just help them out. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not working for me. Well, I've always been working for my family, but I'll be working more, you know, like I have that, that option to walk. Right. But to be able for them to say, hey, you're done, you're out, that's i don't know man but that's why companies like walmart and amazon and fedex have like 20 something drivers because by time you get to the point where you're actually skilled and you actually need more money to actually take care of yourself better they're like no you're no good for me anymore so that's the beauty Mm. of being you know being in this local being a teamster member you get to choose when you want to leave yeah you know, no, no one's pushing you. Yeah, we have guys like, well, I 
what was it? We have a driver in our center. I mean, he started late. We've had in, in my career, we've had a lot of guys start late in their mid forties. And, you know, what if they want to reach that 72, which is the max pay for Social Security? I mean, we got a guy that works out on a daily basis, looks like freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm -hmm. And and I know you know who I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, on on Pen 8. You know, Mm -hmm. he's, you know, uh, I'll I'll say his first name, Mike. You know, Mike, uh, you know, the guy works out. He takes care of himself. He's He's a health buff and he wants to go to age 72 collect full social security he started late uh you know probably age 72 will be his 25 year mark you know so what you're gonna sell this guy short because you you know you want to do this 25 or i'm just saying like you know if he hit 25 at 70 years old you know he's he he's being forced to retire or guys that are or even sooner i mean i can hit 25 20 well i i'm 52 you know, I hit 25 years. I'm actually 24 years right now, just to mm-hmm. correct you on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Driving. Yeah. 24-year Teamster. I have 30 years with the company. Okay, yeah. So next year will be my 20th, 25th year. So you're going to tell me at age 53 I have to tire. I work out. You know, I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even look close to my age. And I hear that all the time. You know, I, I, I'm a young... I'd like to say I'm <laughs> a young 30-plus. <laughs> but, you know, I, I do get a lot, you know. And so what? This guy wants to tell me what I can do and tell, tell me that I have to retire? This is America. What, you know, you're, you want to be like uh, government and tell me, you know, force mandate that I have to get a shot? I don't have to do anything. This is why this is America. We have the freedom, the choice to make our own decisions. And you want to take that away. You know, Would, so. th- was that one of uh, Ron's talking points about that? D- did w- did he mention like, hey, if I get elected, I want to change that over there. And that that's another way of us to help boost the pension is to get rid of that 25 and out. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know I either. Don't know. I mean, I would thinking now that would probably would have been a great it's a good uh, question. Yeah, a great uh, campaigning point. Yeah. You know, because I'm pretty sure a lot of these guys that hit hit that 25. Uh, and now I'm sure the, a lot of them would have worked more if they could, mm-hmm. you know, to, to boost their pension and, and yeah. you know, keep going. I'd like to get someone like that, someone that was like 25 and out. Because yeah. say they started when they were 18. Yeah. I, yeah. I started uh, when I was 43. 20. Yeah. So it's, I didn't think I, you know, you start here and I don't think anyone ever goes, yeah, I'm going to be here forever. You know, mm-hmm. no. You start like, I'll be here for a couple of years and then. Yeah, you know, turns into like I like I, this. <laughs> I, I got some some information that I'll throw out there because we were talking about numbers. You know, uh, 1.3 million members and only 190 thousand plus voted. And uh, this is a tidbit of, of good information: is uh, at local 952, the majority 700. The majority vote from local 952 was for for the power slate. Yeah. Was not for the Oz slate, even Uh though our administration was pushing the Oz slate. Uh, And of course, they won't talk about it. They won't bring it up. But uh, I'll throw it out there and let everybody know that uh, as as a whole, 952 was on board with uh, Ron Herrera and Stevie Adama, uh, the power slate. So. Uh, kudos to to members who are really paying attention to uh, what the West Coast pension means. You know what what is really going to affect us long term. Uh, but you know we'll see. You know what I mean? No, you know, 
good luck to to the Oz Slate O'Brien. You know, hopefully he does uh, good things. Uh, hopefully he does the right thing. Uh, for we'll everyone. See. Yeah, for everybody. Uh, I mean, listening to your last podcast with Viviana was uh, that that hit home for me when she mentioned walking into the Oz. Uh, uh, room and <laughs> she felt like she was walking into KKK, which is mm-hmm. kind of what I felt like when I walked into the local meeting yesterday. It was all Hispanic, but it was like a Hispanic KKK meeting. You know, uh, it's just not. It, it's we're supposed to be diverse, man. That that's just what it comes down to. You know, we're we're multi race uh, union. We are not just uh, Latin race uh, teamsters. You know, so. Anyways, you know Viviana uh, Gonzalez? Yeah, no, she was in the she was in the caucus. Um, right around, um, they did a. Sorry, it's going back. She was the co-president. I think we we're because. Yeah. Yeah. She's been on the show like three times. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, that's a long drive for her. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, yeah. No, no, because I was like, yeah, no, I did. That's why I was like, you got Viviana. Yeah, but it, it's I met, yeah, I met her through Terry. Yeah, because it because it really is like it. The union world is a small world, and the biggest thing about the union world is that you don't forget. So, when someone does something or says something or switches or what I call talking out of the side of your mouth, oh, you remember what they said or what they did, and so it. Yeah, no, Viviana's super cool. Yeah, yeah, super she's cool. she's very informative, but I, I can see the 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 I guess you could say the light shining through both of you guys. You you guys once you guys get once like Phil got you going, once uh, Phil uh, revved you up, you, you're you're on like at the horse races, you know, like just like Viviana, she's the same way. Like you can tell you're passionate about yeah. being a teamster and, and what it means to you, and not just being a teamster, but also going out and branching out and helping people. Because it's it's a little bit of help that you do for one person, and it just it just keeps going. And you, like I said, you see the biggest impact that you do for your community. And you know, it's people think you're okay, and it's maybe you're not, and maybe you just need someone to talk to. And that that was the biggest thing for me in the women's caucus. Sometimes being a woman at UPS, it's there are days where it's harder, and you just need to go. Am I being a woman? Am I being just too emotional about this? Or was this really wrong? And I can't go and ask a guy because he's not going to give me, you know, he's going to be like, yeah, whatever, brush it off. But it, it's you don't understand how it impacts a woman differently. That, okay, that really was something wrong. And they're just trying to, you know, uh, what do they say? Mansplaining. Women or, in the workplace. Yeah, yeah it, it's so the Women's Caucus, we really did help each other help. And then, you, like I said, you help the community because you want other people to get that same, you know, joy out of it. And I and going back to Ron, the, the things that he's done, like I, I'm still learning. I, I know him too. Uh, not as close as I, I bet you, you. Obviously, you know him. Mm-hmm. You know, you've worked it side by side with him. But like I'm starting to see more things that he's actually he's been doing amongst his community, and not just being just not just having that title, but he's actually going out and doing it and and helping people. The story about Viviana and how he helped her get a job, and mm-hmm. and you know all the the mm-hmm. you know just feeding her and and growing her uh, immensely and, and spiritually, and to see the woman she is now is like 
that's you know someone that you know that if he could do it with one person and what he's done he's done it for hundreds if not thousands of people imagine what he, he could have done but that's the beauty of what ron and ron is is that he's not doing it because i want you know this title i want people to know what i did you can see what he does you yeah. don't he doesn't need the accolades for it he mm-hmm. doesn't he doesn't need a title he did but when you want to do right for everyone you know that it, it takes this it takes this it takes this and you put and you help people who help put it in place and that just helped your entire community grow and that's why that's the biggest reason why i voted for him because mm. it's i know that he's not just doing it for one person he's doing it for everyone and he knows how to if you don't know something you ask the questions so we'll ask the questions he'll put the right people in place and to make sure that everything goes as, as great as it can be do you think he'll run again i hope so i really i i honestly even pray so mm-hmm. because like i said i i know who he is i know what he's about and it's there's so much good that he's already done that given given those right ramifications though mm-hmm. that he teamsters would be so amazing mm-hmm. um because there's a, so i i've been privileged to go to the women's caucus years for years and or conference and you meet so many different entities of, you know, a zookeeper to... Did you go to the recent one in Vegas? For personal reasons, I'd prefer not to go so I'm not associated okay. with... Um, and the the other ladies, they know why. I, okay, it, okay. It's just I, I don't want to... Currently, I don't want to be associated with um, certain things that he's, you know, like for you're supporting someone else that I just can't. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, at the conference, people know you and they know where you came from and all of that. Like I said, they don't forget. Mm-hmm. You don't forget. And so when you do something like that, I just, that's not something I want associated next to my name. So I, I didn't go. Didn't want to go. Who, uh, what, what was it, this in Vegas? What, what um, was I know there was women there. That's why. I, uh, yeah. So the, so the women's conference, it was in Vegas this year. Every mm. year it changes uh, states. states okay. But um, it's, it's a lot of classes. Um, you have co- classes and you have um, uh, speeches and um, you have like the uh, financial report from um, the political side p- financial report, mm-hmm. at, which is super interesting. If it's the biggest reason why everyone should support Drive. I mean, I don't care if it's a dollar, give it to drive because those are the people who are actually helping you keep what you've got. Um, but it's, it's those classes that help you. What I would want to say is blossom where you need it. Um, there's different classes. Like if you're a shop steward or you're even thinking about being a shop steward, there's shop steward classes. There's classes on, um, the right to work and what to do if you're in a state that's right to work of how you protect yourself and how you help others um there's there's so many different there's even the health classes there's um i'm not sure about the financial classes because the last one i went they didn't have any financial classes um there's so many different 
classes, but you pick what you like, what, what's going to help you in your life and in your community. And with that, you also go to lunches and you, you'll meet someone and you'll find out who they are and, you know, what, what they're about and what's happening in their local in like Michigan or in Texas or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or even Alaska and, or Canada, cause Canada's big. <laughs> um, those, those ladies come out. Yeah. So, yo, yeah. The Canadians. <laughs> No, they're awesome. They're they're fun. <laughs> they're awesome. Yeah, like and, and then you, you, the biggest thing is at the conference you also develop those relationships because they're they're women who are in um, who are the small community in their local, uh, you know, um, like in seven 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 or you know or or eight 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 six eight. Wait, yeah, eight nine eight. Sorry, so many numbers, <laughs> but, yeah, um, but you'll, you'll meet them and you'll see how they're impacting and what you can do to bring it to yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's really helpful. It's mm-hmm. really helpful. It's, but it's something I wish every woman could go to at least once, at least once to see one, as bad as it sounds, you're not alone. Um, but it's also that you see how your small place impacts the entire, you know, your entire Teamster community and your entire Teamster family, mm-hmm. basically, because you're, you realize that you're not, I'm not just here in, in, in Anaheim. I'm not, I'm not here in Santa Ana. I'm here, but there's another driver, you know, in Nova Scotia that, you know, is doing the exact same thing. That's having that issue that overcame it that way that I'm going to bring over here. So it, it's, it's a wonderful thing. It's really good. Going back to voting, uh, with what less than ten percent people voted, right? Around yeah. there. Yeah. What I want to do, what part of me what wants to do with this podcast is, I want to help grow those votes. I don't care who you vote for. I just want people to vote. Yep. Because if we don't vote, companies see that. Yeah. And when it when it when they see companies see that all oh, the only so many people voted, mm-hmm. there's something wrong there. And, and the company is going to see that and say, well, we're going to have the upper hand when it comes in negotiations. Yeah. And that's one thing that worries me. You know, now that I'm older now and I'm a couple, couple contracts away from retiring is I don't want to see everything that I've earned get taken away from me. It, and, you know, I'm just I, I, I wanted to I'm trying to think, how can we get people to vote? You know, what, what, what do we got to do? I mean, it, they make it so easy. You take, open it up, scratch it, you know, put a check on one box, put it back in the envelope and mail it. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes literally 30 seconds to do. And yet we still only got 10% of, of Teamsters voting. I think it's the younger who don't understand that that vote actually matters. Mm-hmm. Um, to understand that how much your your thoughts, you know, because if you think this way or you vote that way, if you think that way, vote this way. It's, it's hard to do, but I think it's more information. Like you said, get it, getting it out, going, okay, you're, you're, you think this is entitled? You, you think you're guaranteed this? No, it's not. It's because, you know, this was worked for. Someone had to endure some BS at work so that this, yeah, so that this is now in the contract to make sure that you're okay, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and for me, I I've had to hear that from how many other women who, when UPS started, didn't even hire women. So it it's it's come a long way, and it's it's why I 
keep pushing for it. It's it's nice if people would know how how just their small you know impact just one decision change it would change things mm-hmm. because things and also because things ain't perfect in the workplace still Mm-mm. there's still things that that need to be corrected and and need to be uh you know pointed yeah. out and yeah. you, you being part of the the women's caucus you know you you, you like you just said you're you're fighting back in the days yeah. the ups wasn't hiring women what year was that do you remember oh i'd have to ask delia 19 uh, yeah i yeah i'd have to i'd have to it's, ask the lady it, it was i mean yeah it's less than 100 for sure oh no it, it's like less than 30 50, 50 yeah. yeah it's less than 50 yeah people need to realize that like, yeah no ups was not your woman no there was no like woman's bathroom like and this is back when you couldn't wear your uniform outside of work like you had to come in change and all of that where there was no woman's bathroom that's how much they didn't they didn't expect women to work there that there's no woman's bathroom mm-hmm. um it's people don't like i said a lot of the young ones and that's just not just in work but in the world think that things are guaranteed to them you're guaranteed to you know get this many hours or guaranteed that you know this is the route you're going to do or that you don't have you know you don't have to work this so you don't but it's the guarantee of the reason why even part-time you have guaranteed three and a half hours that regardless if there is no work if you say i want my guarantee they give it to you mm-hmm. and they don't fight you on it all you have to say is i want my guarantee and they're like okay mm-hmm. because it's been in place because other people were tired of being sent home um, like so it's it's that that thought of it can be taken away that I don't. I don't think that they understand. When's our contract up? Twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah, yeah. It, it. So we got a yeah, little like a year left. Yeah, a couple months. Holy yeah. yep. shit! Twenty twenty two. This is gonna last. be a crazy one. Yeah, it yeah. is. It, yeah, it, it, it is. It is because like, I. I've heard it. people are telling me to start saving now. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. it's gonna be. I think it's gonna come. It might come been down saving like, for the last five years. You know, at least fifty bucks a this week. This could this could break us. Or, Definitely, well, it could break. I mean, it could it could change it. UPS has so many, you know, young kids now, and they could they could do a lot of things. So that's the thing that mm-hmm. you know, I, I get. We talk a lot about UPS, but Teamsters isn't just UP. UPS is yeah. huge. I mean, we are probably mm-hmm. I want to say the majority. majority. We're the majority, yeah. but we all you know. I think as as UPSers, we we tend to forget that. Uh, there's thousands and thousands of other barns, CVS, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, these, these big trucking companies, uh, XP, I think they call them XPOs or roadway. I mean, yellow freight Sia. Mm-hmm. I don't even know anything about the truck trucking aspect, but, uh, you know, it's not just UPS where the vault the votes fall short. It's all these other barns that, uh, you know, need to be involved and get involved. I know everybody wants to get to the point that uh, UPS is at. They want to have what we have, the contracts that we have. But it took us time. Back in 96 or 97, we at that time that's could have right. been a part-time company because that's what the company wanted us. Yep. They wanted us part-time drivers, part-time shift in the morning, part-time shift in the evening. And we fought that. We and, fought that. And that's what the beauty for me that I see of the 22 fours. Yeah. Like 
you're getting the guaranteed work. Mm-hmm. You're going to get like there. There's an article that UPS just put out that they're going to start working on Sundays. Like it's coming. Like that's you wonder why it was in the last contract. Right. Like it, it's already there. UPS like many companies don't look at the next five years. They're looking at the next 10 to 20. Oh yeah. Yes. They're always, their forecast is 20 oh, yeah. to 30 right. years ahead. That's why they're, they're so involved in technology. Um, I was just on vacation in Dunsmuir and I talked to the woman there and she had dyad number five. That's how much they're, it's already starting to implement. People don't think it is, but it is. And if people don't understand what this, their small things that they're doing you're, it's going to get taken away. It's going to just fall to the wayside. So mm-hmm. the, like I said, for me, the 22 fours are great. These, yeah, these young kids need to realize we need, like this podcast is just inf- giving them information as, as where we were, this company mm-hmm. is over a hundred years old. Right. We did, we didn't start perfect. Nope. And going back to the, the oscillate, they're trying to say, tell these kids, Hey, no, you can get more. You could, no. you could get this. And it's, you got to understand it, it took us this many years to get things, to fight for things and, and to get these little things put into contracts. U- UPS is, is automating buildings to 70% automation. Do you know how many jobs that's going away? So the 22 fours saying the biggest thing for the 22 fours is they want four hours in the hub and then four hours driving. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? That means that you're probably going to be loading your own truck and driving it out. Yeah. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to be doing a small portion in the building because if it's at 70% automation, that's who needs the job. Which is La Mirada, La Mirada mm-hmm. hubs. And, and you're getting guaranteed work. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. And like mm-hmm. I said, no one can send you home. No one can send you home because all you have to say is, I want my guarantee. Yeah, I want my guaranteed eight. So it, it's, I think, I think they, people just don't understand how far. Can you give future. us a couple scenarios? What could happen, you think? Oh, I got my crackpot theories. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me hear ask. a few. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Don't, don't, don't ask, because I, I've, I've got crackpot theories, and it, it's the reason why, I, like I said, I try to tell everyone about the financial because it's know what could happen. You know, it's say, save and do the best for today, but, you know, just prepare for the worst. So my, like I said, for, like, for a 22-4, um, in big picture, it's they want four hours in the hub, four hours, four hours driving. Now, if we look at right now the uh, what do you, POV um, PVD. PVD PVD drivers, yeah. um, that's what they're looking at. They're looking at here's your stuff unloaded, boom, here's on a shelf. You know what to do. Go drive. Take this little van because all the UPS trucks coming now out net right now have um don't have the sides and are made so that you you can have a horse trailer next to you not are we not understanding that a horse trailer is me as an older driver now i can just go drop that off and guess who's going to pick that up yeah you know it's you're looking in the future of that of what ups is doing so when i see it i see it as that coming um and and then you also look at the amount of money UPS is putting in technology and technology of driverless vehicles. So when I look at um, Uber and Lyft, where your 20-something-year-old is like hitting a button and just a car just rolls up. Mm-hmm. Now, their kits 
are going to feel so much comfortable that it's going to be a driverless vehicle. That there's just going to be someone here who's just gonna pull up in a car and take me where I need to go. Why that's not in place now is infrastructure. So you'll hear everyone, you know, um, in Washington talk about infrastructure mm-hmm. because it is. Infrastructure yeah. bill, they're so, trying to right. build better. Build better roads because yeah, they're falling apart and you know, no one was planning for mm-hmm. <laughs> this many billion of people, mm-hmm. but it's that infrastructure is telling the um, car that can drive itself, you know, the Teslas and mm-hmm. things that that's another car on my right. That's you're backing up and you hear the beep, 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 mm-hmm. you know, it's telling that so that when that infrastructure is in place, that people now feel comfortable. It's not a uh, closed loop. Um, so in, in, in driverless vehicles, there's an open loop and a closed loop. An o- a closed loop is when you're on, let's say a school campus. And so it only drives around that school campus. It doesn't, it's a closed loop. It's never gonna drive out you know, to the 7-Eleven. It's just gonna stay in there. It's only, in, now the open loop is it can take, go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So once it becomes an open loop, the sky's the limit. And that's what UPS is going for. They are investing in semi-trucks that are pulling a second trailer without a driver. Yeah. It, it's, it's coming because the rails only go so fast. And if you ask anyone under, let's call it 30 or 30, even 35, when they order something, when do you want it? In an hour. Yeah. They, they're not like, oh, it took, it took so long. Yeah, no, they're just like, why is it not here already? Yep. So UPS has to move faster and faster and faster. Instant gratification. So it's that infrastructure that's coming. It's not going to be, it's going to, it might be in my time. It, I don't know the full future, but it's, like I said, my crackpot theory is um, like. Uh, Study Phil, technology. Yeah. Phil, Phil's kids are, you know, are going to feel comfortable with you know, driverless vehicles on the road. Yeah. We're, we're already amazed that when we see like someone in a Tesla and they're like reading that that's where it's going. So well, I was reading an article this morning, Apple's coming out with their own car in 2023 mm-hmm. and it's supposed to have no steering wheel in it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be a driverless car. Yep. That's wild. And, and that, that's what we're seeing, but you're saying it's wild, but think about these kids who are born today, who, you know, um, are getting, an iPhone or an iPad to play with. Yeah. When we were growing up, it was some keys. Like, oh, look at the key. You know, like it's yeah. there. There's things that their brains are like. This is cool. This is normal. Yeah. So it's going to take that. It's going to take the bill. So they're taking jobs away, but mm-hmm. it's also going to be creating jobs too, right? As far as we moving ahead as as a civilization with technology, right? You know, let's start instead of your kids. You know, obviously, the education just have to go farther than high school to learn how to how these machines work. Mm-hmm. Right. Because those hard labor jobs or those uh, blue the, collar jobs are starting to disappear, and right. technology's taking over. Is it a what is it a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, I guess you could go both ways because on the same thing, we're not hurting our bodies and tearing our bodies apart. We come you know, from a generation of of hard labor. I yeah. mean, that's obviously for someone like me or even, you know, my grandparents, you know, to fathom that, you know, labor jobs are just, you know, just they're just going away. And, you know, it's going to be basically technology, which is like what Mukai saying, our, the newer generations, it, it's going to be easy for them to transition. Right. For us, it's hard to understand 
and and comprehend mm. like we don't because we've done this our entire life it's it's very foreign to us and it's it's scary it is very scary and you know it's uh, yeah and like i said that's that's why the 22-4 is a great thing because you're starting to make it sooner you're going to get guaranteed work i mean it's and when ups gets into that place it's you're you have nothing to worry about you have nothing to worry about um i'm i'm worried that people aren't prepared fast enough for this people don't see it um like i said these are my crackpot theories of what could happen what you know like i said it what what may happen you hit the nail right on the head when when she said that you know we're not going to be prepared we weren't even prepared our generation wasn't even prepared for cell phones we weren't prepared for ipads you know the kids today and and even parents today i mean like me and my son i you know giving a phone to to my daughters and my son giving a phone to my granddaughter uh you're not getting a cell phone till you're 16 years old now did that did that happen no it didn't happen but I can see the effect of it, you know, with, with both my daughters. I mean, they, from the moment they wake up, that phone is on, their face is in it, and that phone goes with them everywhere, shower, bathroom. They never take their face out of that phone. That phone is always dying. You know, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. It's crazy that, you know, they lose that. Uh, ability to well we all lose the ability to communicate with each other and go outside and get your kids outside like you do Steve mm-hmm. you make your kids go outside mm-hmm. you know you've talked about that no way you're going outside we're going to throw a ball mm-hmm. we're going to play ball we're going to do these things these are things that I've had to implement in my own family now my daughter plays soccer she's outside she's you know I I've really had to both my wife and I have to you know work on that and and it it wasn't it was a transition in my household you know um that's cool man that's good i'm glad you're doing that yeah in china they're implementing a 30 minutes a a day for the kids on ipads and i think uh you know obviously it's a communist state but i've been reading that they do 30 minutes uh, allowed for the ipad or video games for the kids but then after that the you know whatever comes on their ipad or you know, uh, it's it's mostly just uh, propaganda stuff like that you yeah. know, for their country. But the first part was was a great idea. Thirty minutes, and, and the, you know, obviously the government's doing it. I think the parents should be the ones doing it. But you know, we go down that rabbit hole too. But we won't go there today. Yeah. But I thought that was cool. Oh, the thirty minutes. That's that's good because we don't know the effects, the outcome of you know, just like uh, you know, this new vaccine. We don't know the we won't know the outcome till generations, yeah. you know and it for generations you know yeah and it's the fact that it's also those skills because if all you can do is know how to use technology how are you going to know how to do anything else uh, five four seven six it should be open um so with to me it's um i had my neighbor um because his son was about to graduate and he's like what what's a good career you know what mm. And I'm telling him, like, pharmacist, plumber, electrician, you know, you want to get into a skilled labor job Mm -hmm. because, yes, there's engineers and there's technology, but the technology is running so much faster Mm -hmm. that 
those jobs are you got to continue to go to school you know they're they're going to be and the jobs that we do as like delivery drivers or you know are not going to be in a sense as glamorous and because it's not as glamorous people think oh they get you know you're going to get paid less or you're not going to you're not doing it that well well the technology like i said my crackpot theory is if if i have a driverless vehicle all i am is basically a driver helper the car is going to pull right up you know but you're also but I, this is what's going to happen too though what i'll i'll add on to your crackpot theory mm-hmm. is we're going to be skilled will be skilled delivery drivers because if you're say you're out in the back roads and that driverless car is driving it's in it's driving in the rain mm-hmm. and you're in the back sort in the truck mm-hmm. okay if it breaks down lights shut off and you're out of your you know you're out in the boonies now you pull out your work toolbox your flashlight mm-hmm. and you start working on the motherboard connecting mm-hmm. wires I mean, I, I would look at it that way, you know? Like, it, it's like thinking of it as an astronaut going in space in your own spaceship. You watch those movies, right? Yep. Oblivion is one of them with, oh. with uh, uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah. When, oh, the no. little, when the little drones break and he's got to go find it and he's fixing the drones. I think we'll be like that. Yep. I, the funniest thing was I remember truck breaking down and it was my starter going out. Mm-hmm. And because that's I, what they do, right? Yeah. You call the mechanic, he goes do and Oh, you know, and we know what to do yeah. and you know, you just Can you know, I do it? Yeah, yeah, like, all right, we're we're fixing this cuz I got work to do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let let's keep it going and you mm-hmm. do what you have to. Mm-hmm. And I like I said it that's where I see it, it going of Yeah, there's no way the company's just going to have us sit there waiting for the mm-hmm. we'll be trained, we'll be highly mm-hmm. skilled and trained. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I I'd like to look at on the bright side. I also like to look at the gloomy side too. You know, like their jobs are going to disappear. Uh, I think there's always going to have to be someone in those trucks, even if it's driverless, yeah. because if that thing breaks down, who's who's going to fix it? You know, look at our rental trucks that we have. Uh, one of my trucks, I drive a, a U-Haul. No, yeah, you no a budget. Okay. I drive a budget Wally. I've, I've had it for like a year and a half, which I don't complain. It's got air conditioning in it. Uh, all right. And so the don't battery, brag, would, yeah, <laughs> the battery won't start. And uh, and so I was like get the mechanic he tried to jump start it but after that he couldn't touch it he didn't want to it didn't want to jump start so he goes i can't touch it you gotta call the company and i'm mm-hmm. thinking budgets up the street they'll be here in 20 minutes and then uh, the supervisor goes no it you gotta we gotta we, unload we gotta this truck six hundred. yeah and i was like oh come on man and luckily that day they did come but he was like no it's gonna take like three four hours same mm-hmm. thing when we have this these trucks that are going to be automated you know drive driverless what happens when they break down and, and people need and there's medicine in it, mm-hmm. it, it and it's time consuming or it's, it needs to get to where it needs to go if the refrigerators shut off and the medicine needs to be so i think that there'll have there'll have to be some type of somebody on board in case it breaks down they could fix it uh i think they'll be close but i also once again like my crackpot theory is that there's going to be so many smaller trucks on the road that it's going to be easier um because like right now if you go to like downtown la every other block there's a ups truck sitting there mm-hmm. you know um because there's it's just that yeah it's, right so there will be the packages coming in like i said if there's if there's this many trucks just rolling in i mean doubles and you'll see a lot more doubles uh 23 tw- you know because they're picking them up that quickly that there's going to be my thought is that there's going to be that many cars just on the road of the minute it comes in it's unloaded because right now it's unloaded when it gets a cutoff 
all of a sudden you've got five out of the six boxes you know, and you're delivering, and they're like, where's the other one? I'm like, you'll get it tomorrow. Like, mm -hmm. it, it, it didn't make the cutoff, mm -hmm. you know? Like, it, mm -hmm. So it's, they're going to figure out, because right now, even, like, the five out of six boxes have a weight. They have a size. We, they already have the technology of knowing what's going to be in that truck. So they're going to pull certain things aside. Mm -hmm. Certain things will be pushed. That's why, you know, I, I see it as there's going to be certain drivers just for this, certain drivers just for that. Um, us here, we're grandfathered in. It's you know we'll be okay, but the next ones just under to me understand mm -hmm. what could have happened, could mm -hmm. could be coming. So what's going on in the docks? Why are we so backed up? I got customers' warehouses are empty. Mm -hmm. My truck was really light this week, but some companies they they were getting lot, twice the amount of, of boxes. They have nowhere to put their stuff, but then you got other ones that are empty. Is that going to clean up eventually, you think? I, Are they going to fix that? It will, but it's also cost. Because a container sh a container from China used to cost maybe like $2,000. is now costing $10,000 to bring that container. Why? It's the amount of steel, it's the time, and it's the people. It's With COVID, people shut down, people stopped making things, mm -hmm. people slowed down. So the amount of what they can do and what they have... Um, has just backed up. And I I've heard a theory, uh, and and uh, I don't want to say it's a theory. Just mm -hmm. my my uh, both my mother in law and father in law worked for the Long Beach Port. And they mm -hmm. re they both retired from there. Uh, they were way up on the ladder there for for many many years. And uh, from from what I was told is uh, a lot of it has to do with emissions uh, because. Uh, politicians, government, I'm not going to say either. It's just politicians mm -hmm. uh, are pushing uh, for the truck drivers to have a certain year. I want to say it has mm. to be 2010 or newer truck to enter the yard. Mm. Uh, if they don't meet that qualification, they can't come in. They can't pull a trailer. Uh, so that's where... These truck drivers basically are like, well, if we can't get in there, we're not going to go to the state of California. So they'll just work the central states, the East Coast states. California is really pretty much the only state that is uh, pushing this emission thing. So a lot of the containers are still sitting in the yard. The other thing was is they implemented a lot of automation. So they went automation only with the automation system that they went with is definitely not as quick as human beings running the containers in the yard. So a lot of the stuff is being moved at a slower rate because they're trying to force the automation part of it. That's why a lot of stuff is just sitting out there. You see all those ships sitting out mm -hmm. in the ocean. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the way they explain it to me. Um, mm. I really haven't read anything. This is just from... A generation of experience that that worked the Long Beach ports uh, in my family, so uh, it's it's pretty crazy. It's wild that what what they're going through and what the what the government's pushing, you know. So yeah, I know they're saying you can't light a fire, a wood burning fire from a certain time to a certain time. You guys read that in the paper? No, yeah, uh -huh. you can't light a fire, a wood fire. I think it's I think it's a little bit like in like San Bernardino County. You can't have a wood fire from from 9 p.m. to like midnight or something like something crazy because of 
uh, the CO2 emissions. Oh, wow. Okay. Which I don't know. I didn't think wood is that bad for the environment, you know, wood smoke. But, it, yeah, there's a thing like that. I know there's some neighborhoods, too, you can't even barbecue. You can't even use your charcoal barbecue. Really? You get shut down. Yeah, I've seen a couple of videos on YouTube. So like you can that. only use uh, propane or? Yeah. Get a smoker. Yeah, oh, I got a smoker. smoker. Yeah. yeah, okay. Wood chips. Yeah. No, I do the wood pellets. I got the wood or pellet pellets. one. Okay. And then I have another one. Not a smoker, but I, I do like charcoal, Uh, the wood charcoal. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff comes really good. Wow. It sounds delicious. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Making me hungry, time. Steve. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, man, it, like I said, it's, 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 we live in some crazy times, some good times too, though. Yeah. It's it's very interesting, you know. Me having this podcast, I get to get people in here, different people every week, and and hear your guys' stories because you you guys are out there living your guys' lives and doing your thing. And you know, one thing I, I started this podcast is I I want to help people and inform people. You know, people listen to other podcasts and people come in and, and every everyone has an agenda. When you when you listen to them for so long, you understand they have an agenda and. Everything it becomes money. There's no money being made here. This is my investment. You know, obviously, eventually I will sell T-shirts and, and grow and big as this uh, podcast grows. But now I, I invest in myself. I, mm-hmm. I invest in, the, in this podcast and, and believe uh, in myself and and having you guys on and, and you guys giving me the information that I think everyone should know. Yeah. You know, especially everyone. A lot of. A lot of people listen to this podcast locally. A lot of coworkers listen to us locally, and and I know they love the podcast. They love the information they get because look at in the morning, we're, we're ha- I'm half asleep. Everyone's half asleep. They grab their board. They want to go get in their car. They want to go. They don't have time to hang out and get to. I, I can't talk to everybody in one day, you know. So they get to listen to this on the road while they're working and be informed and 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 that and that's that's great for me. It's it's helping people be informed and. You know, and, and look, we want we want everybody to be uh, happy. We want everybody to be pro- profitable, and just you know, we're all in this together, man. And, yeah. and and yeah, we do have a democracy where we do vote, and some people lose, some people win, and that's okay. I'm I'm gonna have faith that the hot slate is gonna do their job yeah. and not screw up what Hoffa and and. Hoffa Jr. have been, and obviously other people that have been before them. I'm not a Teamster historian. I apologize for that, but don't mess up what we've created. Yeah. You know, within within the UPS because uh, I've seen it. You know, I've seen it. Every contract. Once I started being aware of of what has what was changing and stuff, and as I'm growing and learning more of the con- the contract negotiations and going to union meetings, I'm I'm, I'm aware and. And I just don't want the younger generation to lose what we've what we've put in for for them. We will be fought for them, you know, because of I, I, I just want a title. I just want that name. I don't just want my name underneath that. And I hope that's not true, um, but we'll see. And going back to democracy, win or lose, it's fine. I just I coach a flag football team. You guys know all my listeners know we just had playoffs and we lost in the first round. And we, it was a very close game. I, I'll go into details next week. But I, the kids were down. They were sad. And, and it was our last game of the season. And I told them, hey, there's always going to be a winner and losers. But it's fine. We learn from our mistakes and we move forward. Yeah. And we keep our heads up. And we congratulate the other team. 
and it's okay to lose. You grow you know? from the losses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You grow from the losses, and it's it's okay. And I was upset too, man. Like there was a catch where the my my def, my one of my players was the defender, and he swiped the ball. It was a throw to the other uh, to one of the receivers. He swiped the ball, and he tipped it, and the ball went still went behind him, and the kid caught it with his fingernails and ran for a touchdown. And and we were up on that. It was right before the halftime, and we were up six points on them. And they went, and they he, he, he was right in front of me. He just caught. I was like, that was just, you know, it just happens. Yep. You know, and, and, though, and I look back at the game. I says, we only made, like, three mistakes. We played 45 minutes, and we had three mistakes, and that's how how good we've become where we're able to. And I had to tell them that. Like, it's okay to lose, but you got to understand we did better than we did before because mm-hmm. we played them three times, no, two times during the regular season. I said, we did a lot better. You know, they were they just got a, had a couple lucky grabs, you know, and, you know, we look back at this at this loss, uh, you know, this loss between the, the power, the power slate. We look at it and we say, you know, wow, we got beat by 60,000 votes. Now we go back and we say, OK, well, what can we do to change it? What can we do to be competitive? You know, what, what are we going to do? And, and we have, what, four or five years to, to learn? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like to spin off on that. It's it's uh, you know talking about the whole voting thing is, uh, you know, like Mukai, you know, she she said she got involved, you know, after so many years of being with the company, and when she got involved, you know, you you really step into the position of, of getting involved, uh, you know, and and we be, you know we probably do because by then we're more mature. We're at a, you know, a different age, a different point in our life where you start to realize what really is important. You start looking at, at the finish line. Uh, and, and I think more now than ever, it was the same for me. You know, I probably went 15 years before I actually got involved and, and started going to meetings and, uh, eventually, you know, stepped into the position that I'm in or positions that I've, I've been in with the company and the Teamsters. Um, but, but with saying that is look as, as members we're I'm the older group, Steve, you're kind of like in the middle, mm-hmm. you know, and then we have our, our younger guys, but we really need to, as members get involved, Start talking to those young people, and and this is where I'm going with this, Steve. What you're doing is a really good thing. Uh, you know, podcasts like this. I I I remember you handing out these little uh, square mm-hmm. things that you would scan to listen to the podcasts. Uh, you know, that I think if, if we can go that route uh, of of. You know, I know it probably. I need costs, to make stickers. Yeah, do something where you we can we can put it up. They can scan it, uh, knowing that it's a Teamster podcast, so that these young kids can listen and become educated on on the things that we're discussing mm-hmm. uh, for their future, so that they can keep what we've implemented through our thirty years or thirty five years or forty years with the company. Uh, obviously we didn't have that, you know, when, when I was, when I started, we didn't have that, you know, we didn't even have safety. Safety was, I mean, we had safety, but it wasn't, uh, what safety is today. You know, we, we really put ourselves out there and get really involved, uh, with trying to work with, uh, the newer drivers, even older drivers, you know, uh, because we get set in our ways, you know, uh, and we try to change the attitude for the better, but, 
I think that's a huge thing that we all need to work on and focus on as members is, is reaching out and, and whatever barn you're in, it, it doesn't matter. Not just UPS or, you know, all the other barns need to get out there and, and really uh, set the tone for educating uh, the younger generation, you know, we all, I, I know when I started at UPS, I didn't, you know, I was like you going to college, mm-hmm. you know, I had a scholarship, um, you know, and I honestly, when I started, I didn't even know what UPS was, you know, I was working in the office and, uh, you know, next thing I know, five, six, well, three, six years later down the road, I'm like, wow, man, you know, I got all these benefits. I'm making money, you know, I can step into this new position, I can go management, or I can go driver, I can become a teamster, or I can go management, you know, obviously, I, I chose to become a teamster and a driver, you know, uh, but we don't all think that we're going to be there. But you still these young kids still should educate themselves at a young age. Yeah, I think yeah. it's important. Yeah. And it's, and it's okay. We, like you said, we didn't have that opportunity growing up. There wasn't no podcast. We didn't even have cell phones. Uh, you know what we, I, when I started driving, the cell phone was starting to get digital, but we didn't have maps on our phones. It wasn't no iPhone wasn't invented back in 2004. Well, I think it was, but there was no maps. We had to use map. We had to use MapQuest from the computers, mm-hmm. or we had to use the Thomas guy. Oh, the Thomas that's guy. it. Yeah, that's all. We didn't have. We couldn't type an address on our phone. I don't think we could have. Done, we did that. What, 2010? I have to look it up, but I think we couldn't look on our phone, like type in an address on our phone, until maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. No, I I remember the Thomas guide and having to laminate pages. Yeah, just that, to, you I, know. I was say that, yeah. yeah. It was like 80, 90 bucks to do the whole book. Yeah, you know, like, but it was one of those that, like, you knew it was, I, I thought it was always interesting that you knew the year somebody started driving mm-hmm. because that's the year of their Thomas Guide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so what I mean? Funny. Like, that, I'm like, oh, you started then. All right. Yeah, that, that, because we all started out that way of you understand how streets go. And mm-hmm. that, and that's what makes us as older drivers so much more skilled i should say mm-hmm. in, in our job because we're we're not worried like oh i passed that yeah. stop now the diet it. tells you where to go yeah you know but then they're like oh i went out blind the map didn't work that, that's not blind <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like <laughs> no blind is here's the keys go yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't even do the kids use that blind going out blind today uh, i don't think they make them go out blind it, anymore no they give them like three routes to run and that's it yeah yeah, they don't really. No, it was five routes, five days. Like, they don't. Yes. You, you know. Yeah. Like well, I started doing it on purpose. I would just bid on routes just so I knew, okay, if I do this for two years, I've done every route in the in the center. Actually, we had a, well, as we all know, we had a, a management team that was just horrendous. Um, and, and, you know, the manager at the time should have been and should have been hiring uh, drivers mm-hmm. like he was supposed to, but you know, because of his childish behavior, uh, you know, antics. Also, oh, he had the option too, and he didn't do it. He had the option to do because it because I felt he was burning people into the ground. I go, man, these kids, you're burning them. They're young and they're able to do it now. But what's the outcome ten years from now? Them, they're 
That was a personal vendetta against, uh, you know, uh, an individual that we have uh, on the Teamster side, uh, actually one of our business agents, and which I thought was a real chicken shit thing on the management part because it, it put us in a spot for a very long time. I think he was there for almost two years where we were so short staffed with drivers that nobody could take time off. Uh, the new drivers that were coming in were actually working five different routes a day yeah. or a week. I'm sorry. But you know? doesn't that and reflect on his, on his it behalf does, and It the did. And, you know, it created a lot of uh, turmoil within, within our facility, you know, grievances and arguing and fighting. And, you know, uh, it, it, and that's, you know, that's what the company does. They want to create. Uh, that's the one thing I've learned. I'm, you know, a newly elected shop steward. Uh, February this year, but seeing and and being a part uh, and, and watching how management tries to build a wedge between mm-hmm. the members, uh, they will try to take advantage. Uh, and it and it depends on the management style. Don't get me wrong; it's 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 the manager that we get in. Right now, we have so far the the new management uh, or new manager that we have is is has been really. He gets it. He understands. Uh, you know, he's giving everybody a fresh start. He, he knows the past of what happened um, and is really giving the opportunity. I mean, we've hired 13 drivers in the last six weeks, you know. Dude, we're so – how many drivers do you have in our center now? I think we're pretty close to the 100 mark. Are we close oh, to 100? Yeah, yeah. Dude, it's a lot. Yeah. I, I know we're definitely by next year we'll be over 100 drivers, which is kind of nice because we get that extra Friday, Monday – so instead of three guys can have the day off FHP on a Friday, you can have four guys mm-hmm. that get the FHP or five guys, something like that. that I have to look at the numbers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, no. you know, we actually get that time off now. You know, so uh, it's you know, we deal with all kinds of stuff. It's what's what's going on with the the. I know one thing people were talking about was a lot of grievances with PVD drivers. I know mean, in other buildings. People, I mean, was that one thing too because of them electing Oz is because PVD drivers? Because I don't know what's going on in the East. I know in the West, I know people up North and in their hubs, they got grievances that are not being listened to when it comes to PVD drivers and taking away their work. Because look, I, I'm cool with eight hours, right? I know people that want 12, they want 14, mm-hmm. and they see these PVD drivers taking their jobs where well, I had to clock out at 6 or 5 o'clock. And I, me, it's like everyone, like I said, everyone has their, their choice and what they want to do. And I'm able to, if I want overtime, I can get overtime. Right. If I want my 8, I can get my 8. And I love having my 8 after be, being a driver for 18 years with the company 23 years. I'm able to actually now I'm coaching my son's team, which I never had that opportunity to have in, in, in the past because with my seniority and, and the routes that I would run, I couldn't he get couldn't done at five and yeah. go to practice. But now I have the opportunity. So obviously my the way I look at things now is a lot different than I will look. Somebody else will look at it. What do you guys think with this PVD, the grievances? Um, for, for me, I, I know a driver who um, – you know how we would have the bags for mm-hmm. the um, for the post office mm-hmm. would pull out his own stuff mm-hmm. to make sure that it was back on his route so he could have more work. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. Did you get fired for that? Well, I, that's why I didn't say his name. 
Because <laughs> I don't know Billy either. No, 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 not, no. But it, it, it's one of those where it's there are people who want more work and see them as they're taking their work. But what they don't understand is UPS is really only guaranteeing you eight hours, mm-hmm. n- really no more than nine and nine and a half. Mm-hmm. It's and after that, it's all extra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that this is my personal opinion, you put yourself in a place where you have to work that long. That's something where, why don't you work on that so that you don't feel that pressure that you have to do Mm -hmm. that. The PVDs are there because there's that much work. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get it out. Like we said earlier there, there's people who want the, who ordered something and want it within an hour. So us trying to get it there to them within a day or two days is trying to do our best at it if you've got to use a pvd yes that is but that's also where um ups needs to hire more people hire more, more people. get yeah. more cars but ups did not expect you know that's mm-hmm. why we have what two new hubs within the last two years i mean it's there's hubs popping up so so much closer than than what we used to have because there's that much work so Having the PVDs. You think they'll work here to stay? Oh, yeah. It's not going away. Oh, no. You, you got Grandma Mary over there who, who, learned, how to, who learned how to buy toilet paper. She, and oh, she's yeah. not going back. You know, like, so they, it, the work is it's not going to slow down. We haven't slowed down since March of last year. It's not slowing down anytime soon. And it's going to keep building because now the brick-and-mortar stores are brick-and-mortar stores are now going to the wayside and the warehouses are popping up even more and these warehouses are taking all the shorties and they're loading them up you know that that's where amazon is that's that's where ups is going that's that's where everything is and having the pvds is just alleviating that for right now um it's ups is working on the fact of getting more buildings and all of that it's weird when when people say uh when people say that uh, that Amazon's going to take over UPS, and, mm-hmm. I, and I have to tell people we're di- we're we're mm-hmm. delivery company, but they deliver different stuff compared to us. Yeah. We we do a lot of freight, a lot of business. Yeah. Amazon doesn't do that. They don't nope. do pickups. They just they have their fulfillment centers yep. where people sell their stuff. I mean, can you guys explain that how how it works for people? UPS is usually. Um, only takes on about 20 to 25% of Amazon's mm-hmm. packages. That's all we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when you're picking up from a vendor, it's you're picking up a giant box. Mm-hmm. Amazon isn't picking up their own, you know, 50-pound box mm-hmm. of, you know, baby booties, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. We're picking it up, delivering it to their warehouse, and they're distributing out the one, two baby booty. Mm-hmm. So we'll Will never... Will that ever change? When Amazon picks up and, and, and gets it, your... It's going to take Amazon a, a long time because they've got... I mean, they poached enough um, management so they understand the logistics. But do I think it'll happen? My theory is it, it probably won't because it won't be feasible for them. We've already got every, all the infrastructure in place for that. We've mm-hmm. got enough planes. We've, we've, got, we've got runways. We, you know, we've got the amount of trucks. We've got... Um, we already have the agreements with other countries mm-hmm. that Amazon needs to work to get there. Mm-hmm. And 
It will, but during the it, Amazon, you can't get Amazon in other countries. No, you can. You can, okay, but it's the customs mm -hmm. to what, how fast are things? Like you can order something for China, and well, minus the time difference, it'll really get there the next day. But it's more of you have to have those customs in place of, I've got my my set section of mm -hmm. only UPS packages come through here only. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's those relationships that Amazon needs to build that takes time. You know, money can't give you everything. Yeah. I, I'd like to spin off what she was sure, saying yeah. about, you know, uh, it, it's true. I, I, I talk to a driver, uh, Mark, a lot. Super knowledgeable guy. Uh, I love talking to this man. Um, but, you know, one of the things that he said, you know, even from drivers before him, you know, like when he was coming up, they were explaining to him, look, you're guaranteed your eight hours. Learn to live off your guaranteed yeah, eight hours. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, uh, I've heard that before. And 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 I'll spin off of what Mukai's saying because, look, UPS life is very difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we do work a lot of long hours. Uh, you know, even though we're only guaranteed eight hours for for my 24 years behind the wheel, I've always worked a lot more than that. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't. I mean. I like the idea of working my 60 hours because it puts more money for mm -hmm. my retirement. Uh, but the, where I come from, like I was used to working like nine, nine and a half hours for, for many, many years. Uh, and uh, like someone like me, uh, UPS is a high divorce rate. I've been through two divorces. So where I've lost money twice now, I'm on my, my third marriage, but, uh, I've had to, like she was saying, you know, I really don't want to work the 60 hours, but after two divorces, I kind of have to work mm -hmm. the 60 hours mm -hmm. where it was really nice, where I was used to and accustomed to working, you know, I could work at eight hour day and be fine. You know, eight, nine and a half hour a day was, was wonderful. But, you know, after two divorces later, many years later in my life, you know, now I'm like I'm trying to play catch up. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. I'm, I'm in a place where my seniority holds me to a point where I can take on the extra work and get those hours it's so late in my life. Does it suck? Yeah, it absolutely sucks. Freaking miserable. I would love to be home with my family, mm -hmm. you know, and I would love to work an eight, nine hour day. That would be so great. I mean, when I was working those days, you know, I, I was in the gym every day. You remember mm -hmm. me. I mean, I was solid. I, I worked out every single day, seven days a week, mm -hmm. straight to the gym after work. I don't have that time anymore. You know, I get home nine, nine thirty at night, Jeez. every night. You know, I, I'm always pushing 60 hours, you know, on top of, you know, all the other stuff I do. But still, I mean, just to kind of give you an idea for, for the younger guys, they really should learn to live mm -hmm. off of that eight our paycheck mm -hmm. and anything after that put it away you know what i mean just mm -hmm. put that money away for retirement but uh yeah yeah and oh. it, it's kind of why i talk to people about the financial because um for me um being single with no kids it it's a different kind of tax bracket mm -hmm. it's a, yeah it is <laughs> you, yeah. You, yeah i know people yeah. yeah and you you have to figure out because um earned income versus investment income is taxed completely different. Mm -hmm. So you have to understand how to make your money work for you and how to save it properly so that 
you know, I can still have a have a life and have a living, but it's have something later. So it 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 is hard for people. It is. I I've said it before, and I wish everyone would. Uh, What's up with the gas and inflation, man? Yeah, is that here to stay? Did you see that six dollar? I saw a posting. Somebody posted so six, over six dollars a gallon. You know, ride a bicycle to work. But yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, that's that goes to you know government. You know, here in California, uh, politics is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, they know that, like, like they what, know we're going to pay kinda, for it. Kind of like what what Terry was talking about the the gas stations. Now, I don't fully agree with Terry. I know we've had this discussion where you know he has those friends that just set their own prices, but. I have customers, uh, and I've actually dated a lady many, many years ago, and her family owned gas stations. Mm-hmm. Now, the way I've been explained from them is it's it's like anything else. Like, they give you a cap. Like, mm-hmm. they give you – so let's say you wanted to carry a certain beer mm-hmm. on tap mm-hmm. with alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. Uh like I know my brother works for, for a brewery up north mm-hmm. uh, and, and they carry Pliny Elder. Now, they tell their vendors, you can only charge a max of this amount. You are not. If we find out, well, we're either going to pull it from you, we're going to take it away, or you're going to pay a fine. And they'll put it in a contract. That's mm-hmm. the same with the gas station. You know, wherever they're getting their gas from, they give them on a certain day, they'll send them this email and it gives them a cap of where they're supposed to say, now, obviously, Terry's friend or whoever is just basically doing whatever the hell they want to do, and mm. they're charging more than what they actually should be charging. Mm. But if they do get caught for doing that, you know, there's there's penalties for it. Mm-hmm. Either they're not going to give them the gas anymore, or they're going to fine them. You know, they might say, okay, first time, one strike, two strike, three strike, three strikes, you're out, you know. And we're not going to give you diesel fuel anymore, or we're not going to give you regular or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. However, that works mm-hmm. uh, in that industry. Uh, that's what I've been explained. So we, be, between Terry and I, we always have a difference yeah. of opinion on things. So, so, so they gave him a letter to the gas station here, the people who give him the 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 oil, and they said, "Here, you you your cap can go this high now." Yeah. So you can charge up to a maximum of let's say. They're like, okay, you can charge four ninety nine a gallon, and then their low is, you know, because of whatever's going on in the market right now, the low is four thirty nine a gallon. So they give them a cap depending on where they're, you know. And obviously, if you own a gas station in a high traffic area, mm-hmm. you know, you might be like, hey, I'm gonna drop it down a little bit. I'm gonna get some more people in here, you know what I mean? And if I'm not in a not so high traffic area, I'm gonna raise my prices, Actually, you know, when people I- come in. I think that would be the opposite. Or is it I the would, opposite? Yeah, I, think I know if, something if you, like that. Yeah, if you're in a high traffic area, I can charge as much as I want. Right. But if I'm in a low traffic area, I'm going to try to br- bring bring you in yeah, okay. with with the low price. I wonder so. if that works with food too. I wonder if that's the same thing too. Oh, I, I go for quality. <laughs> go, <laughs> go for quality. I don't care the price. Go for. The I'm sure it goes for everything. Anything on the market, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah that that's sure crazy. applies to a lot of things, but. Yeah. Yeah, most expensive place to live. California. Yeah. But it, it, I don't know, because I, I was talking to Watanabe just moved to Texas. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think the discussion was, like, you know, there, there, there's no state taxes. Well, I ended up finding out that, you know, like, 
maybe you don't get tax on your pension and you know certain things like this right property tax property but their property tax is through did i think it was on your it podcast was my podcast yeah my buddy's talking right about that, yeah. and and oh it was freddie freddie yeah, was talking freddie about said, yeah. like the property tax is through the roof but yeah. the other thing is like if you if you have property in texas so if you're a little more savvy where you breed an animal a certain mm -hmm. type of animal uh they give you uh a tax break on your property you know what oh. i mean i don't know what the tax break is uh you know how you know it would help you how much it would help you but um that was interesting that's crazy yeah. Yeah. start breeding on start popping out kids i'm breeding children <laughs> <laughs> no i like uh you know my wife's uh you know, her mom and uh, her son, they live out there. And I think they're raising like uh, pigs or, you know, something. They, they have some type of animal, you know, on their property. And I mean, it's not a lot, but, you know, it's anything else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, 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 whatever I can do. So. Yeah. They're contributing, you know, they're contributing to, you know, livestock is, mm -hmm. is basically the, the thing that they, they focus on over there. So. That's cool. And the same thing in Washington. Washington, the state of Washington does the same thing. My brother-in-law, you know, he's huge into real estate. Um, he, uh, you know, they raise, I think it's llamas. You oh, know? Yeah, I was going to say llamas when you said Texas. You go, like, oh, they raise llamas? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's crazy. Yeah, so, yeah, they, I mean, there's a variety of things that you can do to. I, I think every state has something. Yeah, you just have to right. figure out what works for you. And then yeah. for California, we're always, in a sense, I always think that we're 10 years ahead the laws that we put in place you'll see in the, the rest of the states like five ten years down the line all of a sudden they're like yeah that was a good idea and yeah then follow do it. suit yeah mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so it may that's why we're like the progressives of, yeah because we're thinking ahead <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i do i like to think ahead i'm always thinking ahead so we'll see i mean you know it's uh some good crazy times we live in yeah. it's amazing times man i'm happy to be here i'm happy to be doing what i'm doing I get to hear all the stuff and, you know, you, you reach your phone, you go on YouTube and stuff, but to get people who travel and who, yeah. who are involved and, and get that information out, it's important. Yeah. Like I said before, we only have 10 minutes, 15 minutes to talk to one or two people at work. And this mm -hmm. is just another, uh, you know, people work and they listen to my podcast. They tell me one guy, uh, he started listening to the podcast, gave him one of my cards and he said he was on episode 40 and he's just banging through it. No, I think 60 now. But he's just going through it. He's even went home, watched some YouTube videos with his family. Like he said, his, the podcast is really good. I also had another customer hit me up the other day, and he came out running. He goes, dude, I started listening to your podcast. I can't get enough of it, man. You talk about some real shit. And then he's got his friends listening to it. And so I'm out there doing my part, too. When I talk to yeah. customers, I'm, what do you do? You listen to podcasts, and what's that? And I just give him my card, and. And it's just amazing. I thank everyone that listens and supports this podcast. You guys got anything you want to say before we get out of here? No, nah, man. I, I uh, you want to follow? Uh, put your Instagram up there. They can follow um, you. My Instagram is Compass Cravings. Um, it's just it's a more of a. I like beautiful pictures. I like you know you capture that beauty and you let other people enjoy it. Um, the only thing I want to say is get a prenup. Uh, I think everyone should get a prenup. Get a prenup before get a, you get married. Yeah, yeah. Mukai told me that. <laughs> but if I would have got a prenup, I would have never got married. So no, no, no. it helps you make marry the right person. Yeah, because you know that they're in it for the right reason. It yeah. helps both people. I, I've taught people how to 
talk to their lady about getting a prenup. Yeah, well, you know? maybe I should have taken your advice. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. No, I'm happy. I'm good. So. Uh, yeah. There's I that, got a good there's lady. That now she could take from you. Yeah, I know. I don't shirt. have anything left, yeah. so. <laughs> but I, I love your wife. You're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a sweetheart. But, yeah, uh, yeah I forgot what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> I know yeah. you get you got that you hit me hard, man. Uh, wow. No, hey. if, if there was an advice I could give to everyone, is and that that's what it would be. There's there's way more advice that I would give to people, but it, get a prenup. Get get a life insurance. Get a, I, get your get your that. will get a will. Oh, definitely. definitely yeah, have definitely. A will. even if you're young. My brother didn't have one, and or a it, trust. It makes oh, is it a trust? Yeah, or trust. Yeah, living, living trust. trust. Living trust. Yeah, that thing. That if without that, yeah. it, it's everything's. Yeah. You know, with his estate, everything's fucking. See, and that's over. a wonderful thing about you know our our local or our union mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, you can we have lawyers. You know, we can go to a lawyer, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, we don't pay for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I my last two divorces, I didn't pay hardly anything i i paid for uh court fees but that's was, only the lawyer's only good for you and your spouse right i couldn't use no, it for my parents lawyers lawyers good for just me you okay. know what i mean i my wife she's got to get her own lawyer. no but i mean if it's not divorce it's for something else no it's, it's basically just for, for you. you okay okay it is just for you i mean like like we're talking about a living trust would be for you and your wife mm-hmm. you know uh you you have those little things but i mean the idea that we don't even have to pay for it or the cost is so minimal i don't want to say we don't have to pay for it because i think we pay a little bit of money yeah. once a month that goes into it it's like 20 20 bucks or something like that mm-hmm. if that uh but i mean it's well worth it i mean for somebody like me who likes getting divorces i mean it's great so <laughs> well, no, you, you stop that now you stop yeah i know that now. You're, I, you're good now i'm behaved now yeah. i grew up sounds good <laughs> Well, listen, man, I, I love having you guys both on the show. Definitely want to get you guys back on again. You know, uh, I appreciate you guys coming on and, and coming on on Sunday and giving me your time. Once again, all my listeners around the world that tune in to the Raider and the Saint podcast, thank you guys so much for your love and support. I will see you guys next week, episode 102. I don't know who will be on the show, but it will be somebody good. Uh, yeah, we got Thanksgiving this Thursday, so happy Thanksgiving in advance. And I'll see you guys next Sunday. All right? I love you guys. Be good to one another. All right? Peace.